get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games a classic no question going to overtime the winnipeg blue bombers fall 32-30 in Regina to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Winnipeg loses their first game in six games, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders win a second straight game over to the BC Lions and now over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So don't sleep on the West Division. Things just getting fired up. A headbutt that will be talked about for months. A decision controversial or maybe no decision was made but to take and concede a single to make it a three-point ball game and overtime was it a catch on the two-point convert we have got video highlights analysis and your comments here on game day after dark welcome inside everybody bonfire sports my name is darren bombing here is the man zach schnitzer joining us schnitzy uh first thoughts on a game that brought so so much oh man that uh that labor day classic had me more stressed out than my wife's labor day classics when she was in labor with our two kids buddy that was crazy so much happened i'm obviously gutted as a bomber fan like i'm gutted uh to lose in overtime when you're up 24 20 the single point we gave up looks bad in hindsight against the guy making his third start, albeit being six, seven, who cares? Right. It just, just a classic game on the one hand. So it's sort of a tale of two cities for me on the one hand, it's a classic game that we'll always remember. Um, it was exciting. It had so much with the headbutt and the single point and overtime and so much, right? And and controversy and whether that two point convert catch was good by Bain. It looked like it hit the turf. We'll um, take a look at it. Crazy penalties in this game. And this game had everything. So on that point, it was it was exciting as a CFL fan, but as a as a bomber fan, to lose Labor Day always sucks. But to lose it that way really sucks when you're up by four late in the fourth quarter against. Uh, a third string quarterback um it's kind of brutal as a fan i'm kind of gutted well can you even call him a third string quarterback at this point he has led the saskatchewan yeah. rough riders to back-to-back -back wins over the two best teams in the west division he threw for 300 yards tonight and we will yeah. look at the stats we've got video highlights of the headbutt the uh decision to concede the single to make it a three-point game uh overtime as well we will watch all of this and talk about it here uh on game day after dark great to see everybody in the live chat can you say that about jake dolagala though you know what you know what we'll, we'll get to jake dolagala we'll get to the numbers uh, and all of that let's talk about one of the most controversial plays uh, that will be talked about for months. I would say when we're in Hamilton for the Grey Cup, people are going to be talking about the Canadian Football League and the way that they choose to handle quarterbacks, head injuries, and whether they're doing enough. Uh, quarterback Zach Kolaris took a headbutt after the play to a clearly overly fired up Pete Robertson, dangerous, careless, selfish 
egregious, yeah. frankly, Zach, idiotic. The yeah, the way that he just goes up to Kolaris and and headbutts him, and yeah. then he stays in the game. He was on yeah. the field that entire time. Prukop comes in as Kolaris comes off, uh, and Pete Robertson is there. I don't get that. How do you keep that guy in the game? Ridiculous. Supplemental discipline? It's an if, but it's not. It's going to come down. Doesn't matter to me, buddy. Whatever supplemental discipline they give, it's going to feel hollow. The fact that he's allowed to stay in the game after doing something like that, especially to a quarterback where you're trying to protect quarterbacks. Zach has a concussion history. It was a disgusting play. Like, it's just... I'm sure even Ryder fans think he should have been ejected. Even Ryder fans who are as rabid as we are, Darren, um, they love the CFL. And you can't you can't love the CFL and think that he should have stayed in the game. So what you we're just, seeing you just now can't is, allow that. What we're seeing right now is the play in question, and there it is, an incompletion tipped at the line of scrimmage, and you don't really see what happens there, but there's. Liam Dobson and Chris Kolonkowski, Oliveira holding Kolonkowski, Pat Newfeld coming in, having words. Uh, clearly, the guy's not happy with what we will see in just a second uh, as we'll let the tape play. But uh, you're right. The, the CFL made a mistake tonight because the command center and the concussion spotter, they all say, okay, Zach Kolaris took a shot to the head and, you know, hey, th there's there's Coach Craig Dickinson. Maybe he didn't see it, but uh, there's Ben Major making the call, and that's unnecessary roughness, 15 yards, Pete Robertson, and here we'll get a look at it. Um, the mistake is seeing this play, like, because there's Pete Robertson, look, look, it has nothing to do with football. And even Micah Johnson, their number four for the Rough Riders, is like, what are you doing? I want to pull that yeah. back. Oh. oh, yeah. Just Micah Johnson, Pete Robertson's teammate, arms out. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, Pure oh, yeah. idiocy. And I'm surprised yeah, Pete Robertson didn't get, get murdered by, by a bomber yeah. or two after that. that I, I say that obviously tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, anytime you see a coach react, like, Robertson it's clear maybe he didn't see it, but Kolaris takes a knee, and here, talking with the officials, not happy at all. Not happy at all. Michael Shea getting some clarity here. That's the right thing to do. And Zach Kolaris... Because he was, he was he's upset that Pete Robertson is staying in the game. No doubt. He's not upset that he's being pulled off the field because he did take a knee, right? And he took his helmet off. And yeah. I don't know if you caught that there. But here's Mike O'Shea. I'm thinking the words BS come out of his mouth there. Um, and rightfully so. The fact that Pete Robertson can stay in the game is the most egregious of all of this because it was after the play it had nothing to do with football and i'm almost lost for words zach ridiculous 
absolutely ridiculous. Um, I'd be fascinated to know what the rule is in terms of how, like, is it, is it the is it the rule that you have to take two 15-yard uh, rough play or unnecessary roughness calls, right, well, look, to be ejected? If you do take those multiple, you are ejected. But that's not the only way you can be ejected. You can be ejected for being an a-hole. You can be ejected for doing something dangerous. And Pete Robertson did all of that and then some. The officials had every power, every ability in their power to remove Pete Robertson from the game. And the fact that they didn't is such a damnation on what's going on in the Canadian Football League. Zach Kolaris has been um, a vocal champion of this. And in that sense, I just mean, you know, look, he, he's he's the two-time reigning MOP. He's the face of the franchise here in Winnipeg. He's the face of the league in a lot of respects. And... What can he say beyond casual here and there comments of the CFL doesn't do enough to protect quarterbacks? And he will say it again this week. He said it on, um, you know, I, I didn't hear it, so I, won't, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he has said it to us uh, here in Winnipeg and, and uh, has said it before that, you know, they don't protect quarterbacks. And... Look, if that was between an O-lineman and a D-lineman, you could argue that a player should be ejected for that. But the fact that it happens to a quarterback where any contact with their head could be a fingertip, it's been called in the past in the league. In this league, a, fi a glancing finger, like, you know, across the head or, or the back of the helmet or the face mask, penalty. But a play happens, the play ends, the defender turns around and while jawing the quarterback, using his words, he decides to use his body and thrust his head into Zach Kolaris. Helmet to helmet. Unbelievable. And if that happens, you've got to remove the player from the game. You've got to. Yep. Other, otherwise, the team, otherwise, the league is, is Bush League. Otherwise, it's a joke. Don't you think? Yes. I, I don't like that term because it gets thrown around a lot with this legal. It's just, it's an yeah. error and it needs to be fixed. It's egregious and it needs to be fixed. Period. I, I don't, I don't think the term Bush league should be thrown around. I only use it sparingly. But I know I you do, but saying. other others don't. And, and, you know, we've got thousands of people watching this program every week. Right. Um, yeah. Th that's why I, you know, it's just, it's just sickening. Our words it's, it's lead sickening. others. Yeah, it is. It's sickening. It's like, and on a night where there was a unnecessary roughness from Cameron Lawson uh, for a high hit um, that didn't do any damage oh, yeah. to Dolagala, but they're going to call it any head yeah, contact. It's going to get called every time. That's just a bad decision by like, Pete Robertson. Made the play, got his hand on it. This shouldn't happen during a play. Right. And it happens oh, yeah. after the play. 
That's why yeah, Pete Robertson needed to be removed from the game. That's just a bad decision by Pete okay? Robertson. So you have because, to, you have to well, send a message. Yeah, you got to send a message. And during play, shit happens, right? Glancing blows, uh, split-second decisions, all of that. It's football. It's physical. Mistakes happen. And they can be a mistake, but if it's in the confines of between the whistles... Yeah. But that had nothing to do with football. Nothing. And the fact that you let that player stay in the game is the problem. We can talk about quarterbacks and head injuries and all of that all day long. That's aside for the moment. If that happens after a play, you have to remove that player. That is not a professional player if they choose to do that. And we've shown it a whole bunch of times here. He throws his head out. At the helmet of Zach Kolaris. That's a headbutt. Mm -hmm. With intention. A headbutt for a butt head. Yeah, that's putting it lightly, right? <laughs> that's putting it lightly. Like, like I, I was saying, Darren, like earlier in the game, uh, Cameron Lawson uh, got a, a roughing the passer unnecessary roughness on Dola Gala. And it was a football play where he sacks him. It's a good play, but his head just, you know, he, he hits Dolagal on the head. It doesn't injure Dolagal by any means. Yeah. But they're going to call it, and, and they should call it. If you're going to call that, then, then, by God, you've got to do something drastic when it's an intentional hit to the head after the play. Like, I don't, have you ever even seen something that comes close to that after the play? Yeah. A headshot like that? Yeah. The only thing I can uh, the only thing I can think of is the Vernon Adams Jr. one in 2019, where he takes off Adam Big Hill's helmet and starts hitting him with it. Swings it at him. Yeah. That's the yeah the only the only one I can think of. But my God, if I remember correctly, take, I don't think Vernon Adams Jr. was removed from that game either. It would he be wasn't, disqualification. He should have been. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He wasn't removed, but he should have been. Yeah. Um, but it's. It, it and the like the bombers lost this game, so I, I like I just want to preface by saying that like they lost, it sucks. But even if you're a Ryder fan, I think it takes away from how you feel as a winner that one of your players did that and got away with it. Like it just it's what we're we shouldn't be talking about this at a Labor Day Classic. That was a classic. It was a true classic, Darren. It went yeah. into overtime. Yeah. There's all sorts of controversy in this game and swings of emotion and swings of play and we're talking about this and we should be talking about this yes but it's and sad I, it's sad to me that we're talking about this i'm i'm glad we've had the moment right off the hop to to talk about it but i'm with you let's move on uh because this conversation is far from over um on the the headbutt from pete robertson uh but you're right a classic game this was and going to overtime uh, lots of moments in this game that could be your bonfire burning point. We are going to watch more video highlights of the game, uh, including that controversial conceded single uh, to make it a three point ball game that effectively allowed the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to tie the game uh, with that, that late game uh, Brett Lowther field goal, which is a heck of a field goal, by the way. Um, uh, but we're also going to talk about uh, what we saw in overtime and get all of your comments. You know, people texting the Bonfire Hotline, 204-816-TIPS, 
816-847-7. Standard message rates apply, just like when you're texting your mama. People have been texting the hotline. People have been joining the live chat. People have been tweeting at me, um, tweeting at you too, Zach, about this game tonight. Great to see the engagement. Great to see everybody uh, in the live chat. Yeah, Jeff Kabila's uh, kick coverage is the poop's poop. Pull that up on screen. Yeah, I, I think uh, shared sentiment by many. No question. Um, but, uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start on the single? Do you want to start on the, you know, very, very slow start to the game and to the first half really by Zach Kolaris? Uh, you texted me during the game and you said this team lives and dies by the long ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think well into the second, maybe the third quarter, Darren, I didn't see more than one, one pass by Kolaris that was, you know, a, 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 you know, 10, 15 yard pass. He was just throwing haymakers. He was throwing bombs. And I, I like the gutsiness, but sometimes, sometimes you got to take what the defense gives you. And, and I'm not, you know, you can't say that's what the defense was giving him because he was throwing it a double coverage a couple of times. So, you know, if there was double coverage somewhere, then there was man coverage somewhere else. And I, I just don't quite understand why. You know, he he just kept throwing like 40, 50 yard bombs. I just I didn't quite get it. Now, they probably still should have won the game regardless of how they started. But uh, we could start there. Like the start was they were down 10 nothing. They gave up. They spotted the riders 10 points on the road. That's uh, not a way to uh, win football games, especially on Labor Day. Nope. No question. You're right. Uh, there's Zach Kolaris's numbers, 50% passing for 279 yards, went 13 of 26, uh, two touchdowns, one interception, uh, his most popular target tonight, eight times. Uh, he went after Nick Dembski, five catches for 118, uh, including one second down conversion. But look at that. Only one second down conversion amongst the Blue Bombers receivers tonight. They pretty much yeah. did, uh, most of it. Uh, on the ground uh, as far as converting first downs. Um, Dalton shown a couple big catches again tonight, uh, three for 68. Uh, Lawler with a big one, uh, but he finished with two for 48 yards tonight. Drew Wolitarski, oh man, what a touchdown grab that was yeah. uh, early in the game. That was really, really something. Um, if you look at the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders offense, uh, we'll mention... Uh, Jake Dolagala, 326 yards passing. Good gracious. Uh, 56% uh, threw the ball 39 times. Uh, no touchdowns, no picks, uh, which is, um, you know, interesting as uh, Jamal Morrow did the damage they needed to do. Um, uh, and then Antonio Pipkin uh, punching in uh, a pair of touchdowns. But, uh, you know, the slow starts, I think, are manageable. And it's always easy to look in hindsight and say, well, hey, you know, the, the it, it, this game went to overtime. It was a four-point game and a three-point game because of the converted single. And, you know, if, if Winnipeg was able to get a better start, maybe they'd have a field goal there. So it would be a six-point game to a five-point game or, or something along, the, or, you know, an eight-point, whatever. You know what you know what I'm saying. Uh, seven-point game to a six-point game. Um, but all of that is hindsight, right? All of that is, is, you know, 2020 vision because yeah. of how the game shook out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd want a better start. You ask any of those players, they'll say the same thing. We wish we started better. Uh, 
Um, but in the end, Saskatchewan made more plays and they got it done in overtime when Winnipeg couldn't. Yep. Even though I'm not sure that was a catch on the two point conversion to Sean Bain. I, I yeah. don't like it looked like the ground helped him maintain control of that ball. I'd be curious to think what to see what you think in the fire starters because I'm not so sure that that's a catch. So this is the entirety of overtime uh, we have here. Um, Saskatchewan uh, gets the ball moving uh, pretty quickly. Maybe I'll I'll jump ahead a little bit. Uh, here's the deeper. Yeah, that one was to uh, Tevin Jones that got them kind of within striking distance. And oh no, sorry, Emelis there. Uh, but there's here's the touchdown play. Or sorry, down at the one. Down at the one. And that's the right call. Yeah, that was a good call. Yeah. Uh, and just jumping ahead a little bit here. Here's the short yardage. And I noticed the the Rough Riders did a lot of um did a lot of motion, you know, on punt team and on offense. Like, see how they all kind of like rush to the line there? They do yeah. a lot of that, I've noticed. It, it's interesting, you know, trying to catch Winnipeg, uh, you know, sleeping a little bit or, catch, you know, trying to get them to jump. Um, here's the two-point convert. And we'll get a better look at it here. Because a lot of people don't believe this was caught. Um, just getting a, you know, people texting the, the bonfire hotline right now about the two-point convert, coincidentally. Here's a good look. You know what, let's see if I can fix this up a bit and get a better look at it. Talk to me, Zach. What was going through your mind Whoa, at this point? Oh, fancy. I'm just, I'm just marveling at your tech wizardry here, buddy. <laughs> I'm just watching it carefully now myself. And it doesn't look like a catch to me. It, uh, it looks like the ground helps them maintain control. Okay. So I've had a few people text to me today, both on the Bonfire Hotline and on my own, uh, my own phone number uh, about this. So this is at least my, my first glance. You know what? I wonder if I can zoom in. Let's see. Let's Whoa. see what you can do there, Mr. Gadget. Yeah. Mr. Whoops. Inspector Gadget. Whoa, whoa, you're giving me a seizure here, buddy. I know, I probably am. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can zoom in. Anyway, uh, this is this is what I'm seeing, at least on first glance. You watch his right hand, okay? Now, right there, you can see that his hand is not on the ball. His left hand is, it's underneath. His right hand is coming down on top of it, okay? And if the official doesn't have a good line of sight here, I don't know, but he does. Mm -hmm. uh, there he secures the ball, still has not hit the ground. So he has two hands on the ball right now. And yes, it hits the turf, but keep your eyes on his right hand, his top hand right here by his chin. It does not move off the football. See how he even pulls it up off the turf? So I understand the ball hits the turf, but objectively speaking, 
because that right hand is secure on the top of the ball, mm -hmm. the ground does not help him secure it. He okay. catches it there. See, the hand is off. The hand is on. The ball has not hit the ground yet. Then it does. I would call that a catch. All right. That's just, that's just my, that's my take. So you're saying it doesn't matter if it hits the ground. It just matters that he had secured it already and that he maintains, like, what does it matter if the right hard hand doesn't move? That, that is what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying is that he secured it before it touched the turf. And then he maintained control. Yeah, that, that right turf, hand did saying? not move. It's it's and there's Winnipeg going right back. Uh but it it looked like the ball moved, even though the right hand moved, didn't move. It looked like the ball moved? Well, yeah, because his body's on top of it and it's on the ground. Right, but, but I'm but, saying if if the if the ball moves because it hit the ground, does he have control? I think so. Yes. Okay. Um, he secures it. I hear what you're saying. It's like, you know, okay, the left hand. But to, to me, objectively, that looks like a catch. All right. I, I understand the, your argument though, because yeah, it's like, okay, the ball's on the ground here. And we should clarify, the Canadian Football League reviews all scoring plays, so they looked at this too. And right. the fact that he, like, pulls it up off the ground here. Here, we'll just play it in regular, regular slow motion. The fact that he pulls it up off the ground like this, that shows mm -hmm. to me that he has very good control of the ball in his hands. I'm just saying, if... And if if that guy was wearing yeah. blue and gold, I don't know if uh, a lot of bomber fans would would hate that call. Are you are you questioning my fan integrity, Darren? Come no, on, now. not you. <laughs> <laughs> well, David Rollins is saying there's a new some new role. Explain what you mean, Mister Firestarter, David Rollins. Uh, he says, uh, "Where is it? I think it was a cash, but not to the letter of the." Uh, Quote, quote, unquote, new rule that the ball did not touch the ground. Anyway, did touch the ground. Anyway. Well, the ball I'm touched the ground. That's means. clear. Yeah. But does he have control of that ball with two hands? And I think he did. So you're saying the ball didn't help him catch, make the catch. The basically. ground did not help him make the catch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that, I had think that's, control, that's the. Had control. Then it touches the ground uh, and the ground did not assist. Right. It just, it just happened to hit the ground, but that's incidental. That's what you're yeah. saying. Didn't help him. Okay. And here's I, I Winnipeg's, see your argument. Here's Winnipeg's two point convert in uh, overtime. And then it's game over just like that. Uh, following the Kenny Lawler touchdown grab, uh, one play just bang downfield. Winnipeg goes love the aggressiveness of, of those, of that play calling. Um, but you then suddenly have to dial up your, your two point convert play really quick. Uh, Zach Kolaris yeah. mentioned on um, on the OB post game show 
uh, with DT and, and Doug Brown, um, mentioned that he was having trouble hearing Buck Pierce in his headset. Um, but that's just a heck of a play to, to tip that ball away. Um, so if he couldn't hear it, could they, why didn't they call a timeout? Can they not call a timeout? Couldn't Zach have called the timeout or told the, told the bench to call a timeout. If you can't hear the call, I mean, that's possible. I, I, I'm not speaking to a specific moment. Um, Kolaris was just saying that he was having trouble hearing Buck Pearson's yeah. headset. So, you know, um, well, what the whole game or just, or just that play. I think he was, he was talking about overtime. Uh, I think he, I yeah. think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was speaking specifically to the Kenny Lawler play for the touchdown. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's like, I, you know, we'll, we'll find out later, you know, when they, when they do the film breakdown. Um, but it worked either way. And, and that two point convert play, I don't think it was like the wrong call or anything. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders make it a heck of a play. And, uh, who was it? It was, uh, Jack Jackson Ford. Yes, Jackson Ford, whose father played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, the backup safety, the Canadian, uh, who is in his first year out of the University of Regina. So he played his college ball on that turf. And then in his first Labor Day game, in his rookie season, he makes the biggest play of the game. Yeah, Easily the biggest play cool. of the game in knocking a ball down at the line of scrimmage as a safety. That's really something. Yeah. Uh, so you That's do have to give credit cool. to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They won this game. Uh, yeah. And, and they look, they look like a contender right now. They really do. And I don't know if it's because they're rallying around Jake Dolagala. I don't know if it's because they've shaken off the early season rust. Uh, it's gotta be tough for a team that goes from a new starting quarterback, a new offensive coordinator to a backup quarterback in Mason fine. And now to another quarterback. Um, but they have beat the BC lions two weeks ago, had a buy, and now they've beaten Winnipeg and it's the Labor Day classic. You never know what's going to happen. We've seen seven in one teams and one in seven teams and, and the underdog winning and all of those things. We've seen it happen. Um, but I expect Saskatchewan to come to Winnipeg on Saturday for the banjo bowl and play just as well. Winnipeg needs to play better because I think, and I'm sure many would agree Winnipeg is a better football team, but Hey, under the, under the lights between the white lines, you know, that that's when you got to show it. So we'll see if Winnipeg can show it, um, and, uh, get a little bit of retribution in the banjo bowl. They need to, they need to with, uh, you know, BC snapping, uh, their two game losing streak and Saskatchewan surging right now. Yeah, they they really need to kick the living shit out of the riders next Ooh. week. <laughs> That's an afternoon language. Come on, they do. Hey, you said it first tonight, buddy. You said it first. I didn't say uh, living. Oh, sorry, the living, the dying, the dying shit out of the it's riders. Those adjectives, like, man. You add those adjectives. They they add so much uh, more. Uh, live yeah. chat is lit tonight. Great to see everybody. Yeah. Keep giving us your comments. We'll do our best to uh, uh, you know uh, bring up. Um, uh, you know, your comments and questions, uh, if we can, uh, obviously a lot going on. I'm trying to play video highlights and, and, uh, you know, have a conversation with my good buddy, Zach Schnitzer here, uh, on the post game show, but 
hit the thumbs up, go do it right now. Uh, and maybe more importantly than anything, tell your friends, whether you're in Regina, you're watching this on your drive home or you're listening on the podcast, tell your friends, don't just, you know, sit there and say, Hey, let me play bonfire sports for you. Tell them to take out their phone and subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube, no. find it in your podcast app. Uh, we've got Jets hockey coverage coming very, very soon. And uh, a little bit of NFL football coverage as well as we take a look at the uh, uh, the gridiron game on the state side. Um, but thanks again, everybody, for joining us. This is, uh, um, you know, th this is how you got to break these games down so you can go into the next one uh, with a little bit of insight and knowledge of everything that happened and how it shook down. Because when it's play to play to play in a game, both as a player and as a fan, it can get kind of all cloudy and, and muddy, right? The fog of war, as they call it. So here we are breaking it down for you. Yeah. So let's talk about the single point. Now, there was a point, I'm, I'm looking at the fire started chat, and I was thinking about this too, when the Bombers uh, gave up the single, but there was a no yards call in the end zone, Darren. Was that the one where the Riders took it to 21 points? I guess this is right here. This is the single. Is this the one where there's no yards? Yes. No. No, no, not that one. Oh, it's no, another no, one. you're right. You're right. Yep, not that so, one. So on the other one, if they if they take the penalty, the no yards penalty, where do they get it? The 25-yard line? Um, It's added on, right? Yeah, I'm just curious where it's added on from. Is it added on from the goal line? Is it added on from oh, the Oh, no, 10? it's added on from where you take the ball after conceding a single. Yeah. So... So, in this so decision, where, where would it be from then? Well, you can see the single, you go to the 35. Why am I blanking? No, but if I'm no, 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 you go to, you go to the 40, if you can see the single, but if you don't concede the single, cause it was no yards, where do you start from? Well, no, the Bomber fans saying it's from the 10 yard line because it because it would be in goal. So you get at the 25 yard line. It's a 15 yard and no yards penalty. So why wouldn't they concede the single? Like, did he take it out? Remind me. No, no, no. The, this this one where they get where the riders get to 21 points, they they concede the single because. Yes. Um, well, if they're playing for field position, but on the one before that, where they concede a single. uh they got a no yards penalty in goal. So the question is, did the single count? It did because the bombers declined the penalty. And they get the ball. No, no, no. I, I understand. But, but what would have happened if the bombers would have declined that the single and taken the penalty? So no single point, where did they get you the ball? You can't, you can't, you can't not concede the single because they conceded it. They took a knee in their end zone. Right. But there was a no yards call. And that's so if you take the added no, on. So you're saying you you can't you can't. It doesn't negate the... you giving up the single. You got effectively you got tackled in your end zone. A penalty that happens doesn't negate that entire play, because they did take the penalty, and it was tacked on to where they took the ball. So you're saying even though even though they gave up the single, they still get the 15 yards. Yeah. So then where wouldn't they then start it at like the, the I could, 55 I could pull up midfield? The live, I could pull up the live play. You tag the penalty on. You tag the penalty on. I, I thought I, the I penalty could, negated the point. Did the penalty negate the point? 
It didn't, but I thought, but I thought it can if you accept the penalty. You can either take the single or the penalty. You can't have the single and the penalty. Was but my you're, a- you're asking me about something that didn't happen, but your scenario is what happened. No. Well, they they get the ball in the forty because they because they declined the penalty. They declined the fifteen yard penalty. They declined the no yards. I say we don't want the no yards. We want we want to give up the point so we can have it on the forty instead right. of the twenty five. I think is where they would have had it. So that's another point that that I'm thinking about as a fan. Going, did they get the know, ball at should... the forty? Yes. Yeah. So they took the penalty. No, they didn't take the penalty. I have to look through the the live. We have to look stuff. at it. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyway, the the, the inconsequential single. Inconsequential. Well, kind of. Kind of consequential when it was a one point that they, you know, if they hadn't given up one of those. Yes, but that was a lot earlier in the game. It was a bit earlier. And so, okay. So then there's this other single they gave up. Here's the one that was consequential because it's in the final three minutes, right? So it's third and 10. The ball is at the 55, truly midfield. And Saskatchewan kicks it. And Jamal Parker is back. He is the only returner back. And we've talked about this before on the post-game show, right? He's standing around the 10 or just inside the 10. And it's if it goes over your head, you let it go. If you're able to take it at the 10 and muster some sort of return, well, then your field position is going to be a lot better, right? That's what I believe the, uh, the strategy is from Winnipeg's side. So I understand fans don't like that. Yeah. But to get the ball, it, it's still a three-point game. It doesn't make it a two-point game, right? Right, and and where he picked it up in the end zone, um, like could he have could he have caught that ball, like out of the air, or does it go way over his head? Well, it looks like there it is. It lands at the two. So I mean, it's Maybe one even thing the if one. he could have. It's one thing if he's standing on the ten and he could catch it around the ten. But it looks like it landed on the two yard line. So, well, like I was saying, case, we've, we've, we've talked about this before on the post game, right? They will say, stand on the 10 or the eight, yeah. wherever he is. Stand there. If it goes over your head, let it go. We will concede the single. Right. It's a cost, and, and, it's a cost benefit thing, right? Well, and if he tries to take it out of the end zone there, Darren, he probably gets tackled at like the five yard line, right? Like, yeah. look at, stop it there. If he takes, tries to take it out. He's getting but tackled at like the five yard line. I'll stop you though. Him returning it from here, irrelevant because he wouldn't be standing at the 10 and say, okay, I'm going to let it go over my head. This is strategy. They are not, this isn't Jamal Parker making a mistake. They will tell no. him you stand there. If it's over your head, let it go. We will take the single. That's the strategy. It bounces yeah. at the one or the two. Right. We'll, we'll just say the, it sure looks like the one to me. It, ba- and, yeah. and then it's at this point, as soon as it's letting, he's letting it go over his head. That's the decision the team has made. We will concede yeah. the single. The cost benefit so, is if he catches it at the eight or the 10 or whatever, wherever they've told him to stand, then he can get a return that is going to put him somewhere out here. Right? Yeah. And if you understand 
field position and strategy for those listening out there. There's a huge difference between being on your five and being on your 18. Huge, huge difference. The danger of running plays inside your 10 is incredible. Yeah. Because you've only got two plays. You've got to do yeah. something in your backfield, running the ball where you can lose yards, throwing balls, you know, throwing something out to the flats or, or you know, wide receiver screens, bubble screens, hitch passes, um, you know, quick slants, that sort of thing. All of those are easily, they're, they're short, quick passes. So the defenders are close to the line of scrimmage. They can jump the route and score. That's catastrophic. Yeah. So well, here, the strategy, Here's a question I have though. Yeah. Well, so why, if you're, if you're, you know, you're within three minutes, it's a four point game. Let's say you don't want to give up the single. Why not have him stand on the goal line so he can run up and catch it on the two? Well, like I just told you, their strategy is for him to stand here. And if it's over his head, it, in the eyes and the mind of the blue bombers and their strategy, it is more dangerous for them to try to return it from the two than to allow the single and take the ball up here. But I'm talking about the situation, right? Like in a four point game, maybe, yep. maybe yep. it isn't the smartest. Like maybe, maybe you catch it at the two and bring it out to the 15 or something. But I guess like, well, the yeah. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. You catch it at the two and you bring it out to the 15. That's a big ask. Let's say he catches the ball yeah. right here. Let's say he catches it right here. Okay. Who's this? Tackler. Yeah. Who's this? Tackler. Both of these guys have an angle. Now, look, these guys might, you know, th these two blockers for Winnipeg very well may have changed the way they were running down the field or positioning because they saw that it was going over his head. So maybe they've let up a little bit. But if he catches it at the two, you yeah. have a guy on the far side of the field. He's trying to contain, right? You know, don't allow a fast player to get to the edge and do a big return up the sidelines. And you have this player who's the gunner. He is trying to pressure this player into making a mistake, making a decision quickly, and then everybody else will fill in their lanes. I know this is a little bit of heavy football for, for the entire audience here, but, um, this is the strategy they have done. It's yeah. it's if he catches it at the two, he might not even get it out to the 10. Yeah, that's fair. To presume that he's going to get it to the 15 is, is uh, I think it's a little bit, that's a little bit, uh, you know. Aspirational. Yeah. Well, yeah. Stressing well st emphasis on the ass. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I mean, you've got to convince me. Like, I think it was the right play. I mean, to get the ball the forty yard line, I think. I think the real, um, the real problem is that the Bombers couldn't saw the way the win from there. Like, get a few first downs and put the game away. They they run it on first down. They get three yards and they throw it on second and seven, and they have to punt it away. Yeah. And kudos to uh, Jake Dolagala for 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 his game tying drive. It was, it was, it was a thing of beauty. Um, he gets full credit from me. Uh, you know, the, the headbutt aside and the single point aside and the, the two point convert and all that controversy aside, 
Jake Delagala came to play. It was his third start on the Labor Day Classic, and he throws for over 300 yards. No big mistakes. He's only 56%, but no big mistakes, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And uh, people are going to start calling for Richie Hall's head, saying we played too soft, right? Like, you're going to hear all that stuff this whole week, and I'm not sure that that's fair. But um, it was, listen, it sucks that we lost. Like, I'm pissed. Like, I'm, I'm gutted. But it was a great game, and the Riders deserve to win. Um, even if you ejected Pete Robertson, they're still, I, I still don't think they're going to lose that, uh, lose that game. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's all going to come down to next week. The Banjo Bowl is going to be awesome. Oh, uh, it's going to be because lit. a rider's win always adds a little bit of fuel to the fire that burns inside the madhouse on Matheson. And this week, uh, you know, the bombers will be off on Monday. And Tuesday, they'll return to practice Wednesday, Thursday, walk through Friday, game on Saturday. Of course, you and I will have Bonfire Midweek, as we always do, our weekly program here on the channel, Wednesday night, 7.30. Uh, Chris Walby and I will do the pregame show uh, Friday. And I think we're going to start doing our pregame show at noon instead of 3. So we're going to go noon the day before the game, before Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah. How about that? Sounds good to me. I like noon. I like noon. A nooner. Yeah. Well, when Chris Walby joins me, we will talk about Walby's Warrior. Who's your Walby's Warrior tonight as we get into our uh, post-game segments here on the show? Well, my Walby's Warrior goes to Zach Kolaris. I thought I thought he had a poor start to the game, Darren. And he I don't think he completed a pass till six minutes left in the second quarter. But all told, he ends the game with 279 yards um, he, he recovers from that interception to Nick Marshall and then uh, throws two touchdowns, including that one in overtime to Kenny Lawler. So I just thought, you know, he got rattled a few times. He got headbutt. He got jawed by Derek Moncrief. He stayed in the game and he put up some pretty good numbers considering the magnitude of the game, the crowd noise, the Labor Day Classic. Um, he did enough to win the game and, and they just couldn't quite get it done. But he's a warrior to me for taking all that punishment and listening to all that guff from the riders, taking it and then giving it back. Yeah, it was a, um, that's my Walby's warrior. It was a, it was a tough start for Zach Kolaris, including this, uh, this interception to Nick Marshall. I mean, needed to pull that up. Because uh, yeah. important context uh, in Zach Kolaris's game. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they, they mentioned it on the TSN uh, halftime show, you know, uh, Milt Stiegel. And it was actually Davis Sanchez, I think, who said, Zach Kolaris, you're the MOP. You got to come out and show us. And I think he did in the second half. Yeah. Kolaris looked better than he did in the first half. Um, but it's been a tough stretch of games for, for Zach Kolaris and, you know, listening to him on the post game tonight, uh, fired up, pissed off. It's going to go one of two ways for him. It's either going to continue down a road of a little bit of struggle on the field. Um, or he's going to be able to turn it around. And I'll ask this of bomber fans. What would you prefer? Would you prefer 
Kolaris plays kind of loose football late in the year or that he's doing it now and, and kind of shaking it off because my take, I look at, I look at, you know, the small things as indicators of what we'll see in the, the big things. So the small things are when Kolaris throws a pick six or throws an interception or makes a mistake, he does not shy away at all. The like the next snap he's on the field, he's throwing dangerous footballs. He is aggressive. He is trying to, uh, you know, thread the needle and, and hit small windows and hit his guys. Uh, that small thing I look at as an indicator of how he handles the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is rebounding from a loss, uh, rebounding from the mental strain that is, you know, uh, playing in a league that, you know, Claris has been clear, does not like the way the CFL handles protecting quarterbacks, roughing the passer, objectionable conducts, unnecessary roughness, all of this stuff. And the Pete Robertson headbutt and all of that. Okay. He does not like it. I don't like it. A lot of people don't like it and rightfully so. So how does he handle that emotional mental strain of that? Because he is exuding, you know, he, he's expelling energy being pissed off about that stuff. And he has every right to be pissed off about it, but it is another thing on top of everything else, a quarterback or a football player or a professional athlete or coach deals with. So the small picture is the indicator for me that big picture Zach Kolaris will come out of this stronger, frankly. I can't wait to see a pissed off Zach Kolaris next week, Darren. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Again, I sound like a teenager. Um, I can't wait to see him put the boots to the riders. A pissed off Zach Kolaris. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, that's a good one. I love warrior. it. Uh, I, I'm going to give a warrior. Like, I think you're right. <laughs> You know, the, the offensive line you could give uh, a Walby's warrior to. I just want to draw attention to this uh, because it gets lost. You know what? I had a text on the hotline today from Robert, and he said, it's time to start putting some shine on Brady Oliveira as Winnipeg's most outstanding player. Hmm. I like that. And, you know, yeah. I don't hate that take from Robert. Is Brady Oliveira the most outstanding player on the Bombers this year? He has been so good. Yeah, you know, Kolaris is throwing yeah. interceptions. Brady's fumbled. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Nobody plays a perfect game or a perfect season. But Brady Oliveira is just coming into his own. There's the agility to go left and cut right. That's impressive in its own right. You know what? I want to show that again. Look at how he cuts from the left. Cuts from the right and then power to push through spin churn the legs. Don't stop. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The way he is able to break tackles. They're all over him. Yeah. He was crazy. Good. Awesome. tonight. Uh, so yeah, I will crazy. give my Walby warrior tonight uh, to Brady Oliveira. It's a good choice. I usually give it to Oliveira, but, uh, I think I gave him my last two to Zach Kolaris. Yeah. So I may need well, to switch okay. it up. And it's for okay. Those, for those of you out there that didn't see it on Bonfire Midweek this past week, go back, uh, watch me and Schnitzi chop it up. And uh, I have a one-on-one interview with Brady Oliveira, the league's leading rusher. 
Um, if you missed it, check it out. It's on your podcast app uh, as well. Um, Westwood wide to the right in homage of our good friend, Troy Westwood, who I retweeted tonight, actually, because, uh, he, he was on the money with what will be the Westwood wide to the right tonight. I think you and I will definitely agree on Troy Westwood says Pete Robertson should not be walking back into the field. If the command center can take time to review a play as it just did, it can sure as hell review the headbutt. Complete failure by the CFL. That tweeted by my good friend uh, and yours, Troy Westwood. Uh, the Pete Robertson headbutt, far and away, the Westwood wide to the right blunder of the night. Yeah, I think it would do a disservice uh, to, 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 to think of something else for Westwood wide to the right. That's absolutely a BS uh, play. No hit the live chat, the everybody. Who's your Walby's warrior? Who's what's your Westwood wide to the right? I think that one's almost obvious, but you know, give an yeah. honorable mention to another, uh, you know, uh, mess up in this game as we hand out the Westwood wide to the right. How about the bonfire burning point? Hit up the live chat. If you're watching afterwards, hit up the comments. We read them all. Uh, even if you're not watching live, uh, Zach bonfire burning point, the, the moment that, that really turned things in, uh, uh, turn the tides towards the Rough Riders capturing another victory. Honestly, I, I had all sorts of burning points up until the end of the game, Darren, mm-hmm. because there were points, right? You think of the the Tevin Jones sixty four yard catch when the when the Riders are backed up on second and fourteen, and uh, Demario Houston decides to play uh, hero ball, as our friend Drew Mendel called it from a legal curve. Um, that that was a big one because they were backed up on their four and they end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. But I, I think to be honest, in a game this close, it just came down to the wire at the end. And I think I think the burning point is the Sean Bain two point uh uh conversion where he catches that, you know, maybe maybe a bit of controversy as where as to whether that was a catch, but it is a catch. The it, it withstood command center, although uh we don't know how we feel about command center these days. <laughs> um but, you know, the, the riders take it to 32 points. They get the two-point convert, and we don't. So, to me, it's it's that burning point right there at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm going to give my bonfire burning point on behalf of the fans out there because I have no question in my mind that a good chunk, like, I'm a reporter. I try to be journalistic. I don't like to say most. I will say many. I have no doubt that many out there believe that the decision to concede the single with three minutes left was the bonfire burning point tonight. Um, You know, uh, if you missed it a little bit earlier, you can rewind back. That's the beauty of YouTube and bonfire sports on demand. Uh, we talked all about it uh, a little bit earlier, but that's my, uh, bonfire burning point tonight. Um, Zach, this is one of the areas of the show. I enjoy the most the happy honker award in homage to the man, the uh, legendary broadcaster, Cactus Jack Wells of CJOB of uh, decades gone by, uh, who would uh, uh, give his uh, or or mention the happy honker in a postgame show. And, you know, the fans leaving Winnipeg Stadium would honk their horns. Uh, The moment uh, that brought a little bit of joy, a little bit of happiness, a little bit of uh, uh, good feels uh, to the Bombers game in Regina tonight, the Labor Day Classic, of course. 
Well, I, I hate to do this, Darren, to give it to the to a writer, but uh, Brett Lowther, the opening kickoff, he dribbles it ten yards and perfectly lands on it just as it hits the the ten yard um, mark there. So it's a legal kick. Uh, he's allowed to jump on it, and it's the first play of the game. And I just thought, wow, that was uh, that was ballsy. Um, Nothing to do with Michael Ball, by the way. I'm not a fan of his, but uh, it was ballsy. It was it was fun. It, it set the tone for what was a crazy Labor Day classic. So for me, that was my happy honker. And here it is. Oh, you've got it already. Yeah, I mean, the, the cojones to do that at the beginning of the game. I loved it. Even though it was against my beloved Bombers, I loved it. Yeah, and if you notice, Lowther does it really, really well. In that, okay, he kicks it. And then he gets in front of the ball and he stands. He knows that the 40 is 10 yards. He gets his feet on the right side of the 40 and then knows, okay, I can take the ball now. Incredible job. Uh, yeah, it was, it was executed perfectly. But anytime you see a team do something like that right at the start of the game. They know that they're not the better team. Yeah. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, any team, when you start doing things like that, you know that you need a swing play. You need an advantage. And they tried to get it right off the hop. Kudos to them. I think it is smart football to be aggressive and and do something unexpected when you need that swing play to go your way. Um, so great call by, uh, by the rough riders. Um, I, I had, a yep. I had someone, they were either in the live chat, uh, during bonfire midweek this week, Zach, or they texted the hotline and they said, how can the bombers? Oh yeah. We talked about it on the show. How can the bombers haven't done any trick plays this year? Well, they haven't really needed to have they? Yeah, they haven't really needed to. It would have been nice maybe to get a trick play in this game if they if it would have helped the win, man. Like, uh, I don't they know. They took the lead back. Know. Maybe a fake punt or something. I yeah. don't know. You're not allowed to do a fake knee, though, in the end zone. We learned that a few games ago, right. hey? Right. You're not allowed to do a fake knee. That's a penalty. You can't do a you fake can't... hook slide either. If you're a quarterback running, you can't fake hook slide. Yeah. Which I think is a smart, a smart play, a smart penalty. We should before you give your happy honker. We should talk about Houston under you know trying to undercut that throw on second and fourteen with Jake Dalagala, which turns into a sixty-four yard play by Tevin Jones, which leads to a touchdown. I thought that was my early bonfire burning point. Actually, you know the game the game went back and forth after that. But what do you think of Demario Houston trying to undercut that? Because on the panel on TSN, I thought they made a good point that I think it was Davis Sanchez. He said. Winnipeg's a better team. They don't have to take chances. He disagreed with him taking that chance. And I'm kind of on that side too. I didn't like it. Now, if he gets a pick six or a sweet knockdown, you know, we're, we're singing a different tune, but I don't know. What do you think of that? Here it is. Look at that. They're within the, the end. He's already in his own end zone. And yeah, it's uh Tevin Jones running downhill. No question. Um, Big, big play for the Rough Riders. Um, but Demario Houston jumping. Let's see if we can pull it up here. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. 
appreciate you guys bearing with me here as I uh, tackle the technology. But there's Demario Houston trying to jump the route on Tevin yeah. Jones. The ball's in the air, and it's a good ball from Jake Dolagala in that he knows he needs to get it high and outside to, you know, because Jones is near the sideline high and outside where the defender can't get it. And because it's high, here's the ball here. Because it's high, Houston may have jumped the route, but the ball is not in that passing lane. He's going high and outside. Smart ball from Jake Dolagala that uh, Jones is able to uh, grab and uh, take a, a whole a whole long way, <laughs> a whole long way. Yeah. Um, and then and then Darren Rose tries to undercut the next ball. Yeah, Winnipeg is aggressive. Burned. Winnipeg is aggressive. Yeah. So I have thought on this. Um, and, and tell me, tell me if you're with me or, or if you think I'm, I'm talking out my, you know what, um, first and foremost, uh, Davis Sanchez, good friend of mine. Uh, I will always give him the benefit of the doubt because the guy played in the NFL and the CFL, and he is a very, very, uh, hardworking, uh, analyst. He is very, very good um, and has that experience. And he knows way he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know. No doubt about that. Same here. Same here. Uh, I, I believe he's right that Winnipeg doesn't need to do that. But I kind of understand why Winnipeg does that. That's their style of defense. Okay. If I can, I'll, I'll do my best to paint the picture. Uh, up front. They are aggressive on the outside. They are aggressive. And on the back end, they are very passive. They pressure, pressure, pressure at the point of attack with Willie and Jackson and big Hill who had two sacks tonight. Uh, they bring pressure. Okay. On the edges, they are aggressive. They are, I like to call them riverboat gamblers, right? They're, they're not afraid to, you know, put a stack down uh, on an opportunity to win big. And Demario Houston right there, putting a big stack down for a pick six. He would have easily scored had he grabbed that. They even mentioned it on the broadcast. And then on the back end, where those big plays can happen, and I know this was a big play. And when you're risk, when you're risking, you're, you're risking something. It's a big play that you're going to allow, but on the back end, the deep stuff downfield, Winnipeg is always pretty passive, usually pretty passive. Um, you know, the soft zone that you like to talk about, Zach, the, uh, uh, Ben don't break defense that, uh, people have been talking about Richie Hall for years and years. Okay. My thought is, there is a bigger strategy to Winnipeg choosing to have someone like Winston Rose and to have somebody like Demario Houston be risk takers. Okay. They want them to study. Like I talked about it with Winston Rose on bonfire midweek a few weeks ago. You can go back and, and watch that too. If you want to really insightful interview uh, that Winston gave us. Um, you do your study, you read your keys. And if that recipe is right, you take your shot. Houston's been doing it like crazy this year. He's got seven picks to lead the, the league. My thought is that the strategy is to be risk-taking on the edge so that opposing offenses, maybe not this one, maybe not the Rough Riders today, but the next opponent. I know it's the Rough Riders and the Banjo Bowl, but it could work for the towards the Rough Riders and the Banjo Bowl. Or 
the Argos when they come to town on September 29th or the Lions when they host the Blue Bombers on October 6th. Huge games upcoming. Um, that That's in the back of the mind of the quarterback, the back of the mind of the offensive coordinator or the play caller. That Winnipeg takes risks and that you can't just expect them to be passive in a one-on-one situation or that you're going to be able to throw a deep out and pick up seven yards that it might cost you dearly. And for a quarterback, it could be that split second hesitation that allows Jake Thomas to get to the quarterback or allows Cameron Lawson or, or Ricky Walker or Jackson Jeffco to, to gain the edge um, and, and take the quarterback down. Or for a play caller, it just puts that tiny seed of doubt that there's a little bit more risk to this quote unquote safe pass play than there was before because Winnipeg takes those risks. So I believe Davis Sanchez is right. But I also believe that Winnipeg knows that's the case and they're still choosing to do that because of a bigger picture strategy they have in intimidating, effectively intimidating their opponent with that aggressive play. Yeah, yeah and, and you saw in the Calgary game where that was the sole touchdown of the game where he beat them 19-18 on the road. That was Demario Houston pick six. And, you know, that was a bad throw by Mayer. And he, you know, Houston tries a similar thing, not the exact same play, but he tries a similar thing. So you live by the sword, die by the sword. They're also super aggressive on offense. I would love to know how many passes over 20, 30 yards Kolaris attempted tonight. Mm-hmm. It must have been at least seven or eight, maybe more. It was crazy. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, it, it's fun to have a team like that, you know, when you compare it to the days of Matt Nichols, game manager style offense, right? Well, that was fun um, too. It was fun, but it wasn't as fun as this. It wasn't as fun as watching a guy sling the ball like Kolaris. I, what, what about I just Chris Strebler, though? That was fun too. Oh, Strebby was fun. But, you know, the Kolaris, the, the first touchdown pass to Walatarski, which was an amazing uh, diving catch, Darren, he had a guy open in the flat for like a 10, 15 yard pass that would have been complete, but he throws the deep ball. I always say this. If, if there's two options, he's going to throw the deep ball. And I just love that. Um, although I, there are times where I wish he would have thrown a 10, 15 yard pass to extend a drive, but uh, you know, that's Zach Kolaris. He's a, he's a gunslinger. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. You know, uh, the way he's able to light up Dembski, who was a beast tonight, the way he was able oh, to yeah. light up Kenny Lawler, uh, not as often as maybe some games, but uh, when it mattered uh, to, to see uh, Dalton Schoen, Schoen scored a touchdown, yeah? Am I wrong? Uh, I don't think so. No, he didn't get into the end zone. That's my problem. No. Yeah, but he's got a whole whack of touchdowns. Bad, this year. bad, bad, Darren. Bad, Darren. Bad, What did Darren. I do? What? You said I'm he got wrong? a touchdown and he I'm didn't. Wrong about How dare you? I'm How wrong dare about you? stuff a lot. There was a, there was another thing we were going to talk about, but now I forget. Uh, there was a you know a big. Well, we were trying to get into the happy honker. Well, what was your happy? I got I did mine. Mine was the uh, Brett Lowther squib kick at the beginning of the game. What was right. your happy honker? Um, hmm. You know, uh, well, I'll give an honorary happy honker to all of the Blue Bomber fans that 
took the took the trip out to Regina. That's awesome. Yeah. That brings me joy that fans, uh, you know, make the investment, time, energy, money to go see the team in hostile territory. It's awesome. Yeah. Two best stadiums in the league. Labor Day Classic, Banjo Bowl, Mosaic, and IG Field. Uh, you know, the 13th man in the madhouse on Matheson. Um, that I will definitely give a, a happy honk or two. Um, but as far as the game, uh, I'll give it to Drew Wolitarski. Great touchdown catch. He is, that's yeah. his fifth of the year, right? Bonfire bump, baby. Yeah, that's bonfire right. Bonfire bump. He appears on, he appears on <laughs> midweek and he makes an amazing touchdown catch. Of course. Yeah. It's so who bonfire ne- bump. Who needs the who needs the bonfire bump? Who who should we get next? Uh, I don't know anybody on our freaking kick coverage team, Darren. Like, <laughs> honest to God, how many times did Dolagala have have the ball on his own fifty yard line or our uh, fifty yard line? Yeah. It was brutal. Mm. It was brutal what we were letting Alfred get away with. I mean, you yeah. could argue that that lost us the game just as much as the single point or. Or you know the the overtime uh, not getting our own uh, two point conversion, uh, yeah. we gave them good field position time and time again, and it's been a problem all season. It's it's brutal. You can't keep doing that. You're good. I told you on midweek last time, and my sober second thought that was my big concern, uh, and I said it's going to bite us in a close game, and I think it bit us badly in this game. I think if we had better kick coverage, I think we win this game. The, the Riders had amazing starting field position all night long. It's unconscionable. They got to they gotta clean it up. I know it's a new scheme, as Mike O'Shea said in his coach's show, but you, you got to get it fixed because this is what they'll, will prevent them from going over the top, let's say, in a West Final or a Grey Cup. Like it, they have, it's a leaky boat. They've got to fix the leak, buddy. It, it really bit them today. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It needs to be a lot better. Uh, people will talk yeah. about the return game too, right? Like, uh, yeah, McCray it was and, brutal. Um, McCray and, and Jamal Parker. But, uh, if you miss bonfire midweek, you missed our, uh, our health update. And that is what we saw from practice this past week. Janarian Grant, not in equipment, not practicing, but he is running a little bit, uh, on his own and no doubt doing a lot when, uh, the eyes of the media aren't anywhere near, uh, the, the, the team facility. Um, Teadric Hansen, Malik Clements, and uh, Celestin Haba uh, are all uh, closing in on a return from the six-game injured list. It was 12 months almost to the day that uh, Teadric Hansen suffered an Achilles injury. Uh, Clements injured uh, earlier this year. Haba uh, injured earlier this year. Both of those guys were um, were in the lineup uh, to start the season. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Walby and I talked a, a little bit about it. Uh, to to see Alden Darby go on the six-game injured list yeah, uh, is interesting. Um, yeah, what do you make of that? Well, I don't know. I don't know if an injury happened. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where the injury happened. Saw him at practice this past week. Of course, they did have a closed practice on day three. But I, I'm, maybe I missed something. Maybe I missed something. Uh, let me know in, in the live chat, if you guys saw some reportage that, that, uh, I didn't miss, but, or, or that I did, didn't see and that I did miss. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Can you hide guys on the six game so they could get Jamal Parker on the, in the, in the lineup? Yeah. I mean, 
but it's the six. Yeah. Well, right. he's he's kind of been on the outs with Richie Hall, so Grandy's he's not been, been a starter, for... right? He is a very yeah. high paid American backup. Yeah. So who knows? Conspiracy theories abound uh, for people to chat about while they're driving through, uh, you know, the the what, what do I call it? the Badlands of uh, eastern, southern, southeastern Saskatchewan and western Manitoba. Yeah, no, I emphasize bad, Badlands. Bad yeah, yeah. Not only did they did the writers win today, they they got a dirty hit cheap shot in there too. I mean. Bomber fans are so freaking pissed off, Darren. Oh my god, it's gonna be so much fun this whole week leading up to Banjo Bowl. Um, not that I, not that I wanted the the writers to win. I, I, I hate when the writers win, and I, I hate it even more when they beat my beloved Blue Bombers. Um, at least nobody on the writers ran into Pill Country and and downed a beer. That would have been insult. To, that would have been insult to injury, salt in the wound. But anyway, I'm rambling now. We should do our game balls. You go first. No, no, we always let you go first. Oh, okay. You're not rambling, man. You're you're just a rambling man. I'm just a rambling man. I'm Lord, just I was born a rambling man. Sweet nothings to the to the to you and the fire starters. Okay, I've got two. I'm gonna give one to Adam Big Hill because he uh, he blitzed a couple times and got home a couple of times. He got two sacks, Biggie. On Labor Day, that's pretty sweet. I think nice. he had three coming into the game. Now he's got five. So I love I love it when we can give some love to Adam Big Hill, a stand-up guy on and off the field, to use a cliche. I, I hate when people say on and off the field or on and off the ice, on and off the pitch. It's so, it's so overused. But for someone like Biggie, it's not a cliche. He really is a stand-up guy on and off the field. My other game ball, I hate to say it, and you guys are all going to convince me of being, you guys going to convict me of being a Ryder fan, but Jake Dalagala, he gets a game ball. I, I, I can't not give him a game ball. It's just, it was his, what, third start, Darren, ever on Labor Day? What a pressure cooker against a really good defense, against the Bombers. Puts up 32 points over 300 yards passing. Uh, you know, that, that route... Yep. That Houston tries to jump. If that ball isn't thrown right on the money, it's a pick six. You know, like you said, he threw it yeah. high and wide. Um, give the kid credit. He he won the Labor Day Classic against a better team. That's a great uh, point by a, you. That's a great by point a by very, you. very, very good defense. Good pass rush. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it, but uh, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't give Dolagala some love. Uh, that is a hard game to win if you're if you're not a seasoned vet, unless you're Rocky Butler. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Um, yeah. No, I I I think that's such a great point by you that you know Dolagala that pass <laughs> that um, uh, that Demario Houston tried to pick off. Um, the one we, we looked at a few minutes ago, uh, you're right. A lot of young quarterbacks would have made that mistake and it would have been picked. He, he, yeah. he's been playing incredibly well and yeah. with Saskatchewan's defense, 
And now yep. some strong quarterback play. We we know that they've got a pretty decent run game when things are working well. They've got weapons on offense. Uh, I would, you know, I think Saskatchewan could be a serious late season search. They really, yeah. really could. Yeah, absolutely. They have, they have a they have a very good defense. They have Alford or yeah, Alford on returns. Yeah, they've got Lowther making fifty three yard field goals with room to spare. I mean, I hate to say it, but they they're a pretty good team. No question. Yeah, okay. they they you could, give, you they give could a make ball a late to, run to a rough rider, Jake Dolagala. Now, who's the objective yeah. one? Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm uh, I'm you. so objective. I'm giving it to. It's just I'm trying to up my street cred here as a reporter, <laughs> as a media guy. No, no, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm always going to be a fan first. Don't worry, fire starters. Don't worry. Yeah. You don't have to douse the bonfire right now and walk well, away. You you know we we got that prairie bash, prairie football bash coming up, right? Yeah, we're going to get a chance to to uh, chew you out right to your face. Do it. Prairie football bash. I think it's <laughs> Finn, Finn McCool's again. Uh, Finn McCool's on the Saturday night before the game. No, or Friday sorry, night. the Friday night. Friday night Thursday. before the game. You bought tickets no, for you and I, didn't you? You bought the tickets? Friday. It's Friday. Are you sure? Yeah, it's September 8th, Friday at Finn McCool's. If you, if you want to come, you uh, hit up uh, Bomber Vixen or uh, what's his name? Michael. Reaper. Uh, Reaper hit up Reaper or Bomber Vixen on Twitter. Um, and, or hit me up and I'll give you, give you their contact information. You can try and get tickets. I'm not sure if it's sold out yet. Okay. I'm going to hit it's this. the annual even, bomber bash. I don't even know what this is, but for the bomber bash. Oh, there you go. It just Whoa. said party noise. So I'm like, okay, I'll push that one. Yeah. That's like a kazoo or something. Something like that. Maybe I should have done this. If it turns into a dance party. Reggaeton. Isn't that <laughs> Isn't that your game ball? Uh isn't that or is that your Walby's Warrior soundtrack? Oh yeah. I gotta I gotta do some some better sound effects here. I'll load them up uh, may, maybe next season. I'm trying to get the hockey going right now. I got I got too much on the plate, yeah. but uh, uh we'll we'll work on the sound effects here on, on Bonfire Sports. Hit up the live chat. Uh I wanna know what, what sound effects do you want to uh want to hear now that I've turned them down to a listenable level. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Good gracious. Um, I will give a game ball tonight to Nick Dembski. He was huge. And the one run, what was it? It wasn't a run play. It was like a a little like pitch to the middle where he, like he was mad at the end of it. He was like, oh, you know, like slams the football, slaps the football, you know, stomps his foot in the turret. Like he was, he was, he could have broken that. Uh, huge, but, uh, five catches for 118 yards tonight. Um, uh, two plays of 30 plus yards, uh, yeah. a large, as you like to say, a large of 52, <laughs> uh, was, uh, was, was a big play. So, uh, that was the second longest play of the game. Tevin Jones went for 64. Uh, but, uh, that, that'll be one of my game balls tonight. I might only give one game ball tonight. Okay. That's good. Well, you know, you have so much going on with hockey now in NFL. You got to get your sleep. We got to wrap it up here. You want? Well, yeah. You're you're the one at the lake with the kiddos. You, you're just thinking about the, that bright sunshine out on the water uh, on Labor uh, Day Monday, and you got the kids screaming in your ear. You're like, I need a little bit of you know shut eye tonight. Oh my god! I it sucks to go to bed after losing like that. 
It sucks. I'm going to wake up in the morning with a kid in my face. I'm going to be like, ah, this and we lost. Come on. Come on. Gratitude. Freaking break. Gratitude. You have to really look inside and and express gratitude that you have a beautiful family, that you're you're on vacation out at a a beautiful lake in the the gorgeous wilderness that is uh, the Canadian Shield and, and Whiteshell Provincial Park, that you have a incredibly good football team to cheer for you're going to meet up with a bunch of fans on friday night at finn mccool's you're going to go to the game on saturday it's the banjo bowl uh like the rivalry yeah, and i'm bringing my daughter i'm bringing my daughter to the oh, banjo bowl again yeah beauty. she's she's two and oh when i've taken her 2021 2022 both were like big blowouts yeah it's gonna be fun it's Love gonna be that. fun and and good i think uh, she she She's going to have a good time and she's going to have a good time. She like in her young mind, like we've never lost to the riders. We just don't lose to the riders. Oh my God. We're just, I I just can't wait for the banjo bowl. Now I'm just revved up, buddy. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Well, everybody have a, have a great, like you, especially Zach. Uh, yeah, because you're my guy. But uh, everybody out there, you thank are you. the fire starters. You're the reason we do this. So thank you for watching and listening. Thank you for the support. Be sure to share with your friends, family, put it out on social media, word of mouth. Like you're in Regina right now, you're driving home with some friends, whatever. Get them to subscribe, get them to check out Bonfire Sports. Let them know. Text them to text the hotline, 204-816-TIPS, 816-8477. And, you know, I'll text you back if, uh, you know, if if you intrigue me, you got to bring it. Um, (laughs) But uh, you and I will do Bonfire Midweek Wednesday at 7.30. Chris Walby and Uh I will do Game Day Winnipeg, our pregame show on Friday at noon. And then you will join me after the Banjo Bowl for another edition of Game Day After Dark. Amen, brother. I'll be there. Should be fun. Should be fun. Well, as I always leave to you around this time, my friend. People are going to think I'm half Japanese. Like, why is this Why is this guy saying, why is this hasty Jewish guy saying sayonara? But I do. I don't know why. I, I, well, you want me to say shalom or lehitrot in Hebrew? No, I'm going to say sayonara. Because that's what I say. And, and now it's a pain. So sayonara, everybody.